I went to the doctor this morning for my annual checkup. Yeah. And what they do is you sit in the waiting room. My appointment was at nine. I got there at eight fifty. Mm-hmm. I then get checked into the you know the uh, in around nine ten. I tell them I'm there at eight fifty. Nine ten. They're like, okay, uh, fill this form out, whatever. Then they come out and say, okay, Mr. McCallowitz, we're ready for you. Nine twenty. They walk me from the waiting room to another waiting room yeah. inside the big space. I sat there for another twenty minutes. It's now nine forty. <laughs> The doctor actually comes out and sees me. He's like, oh, hey, Mike, how are you? We're ready for you now. And as he turns his back to me, he's like, sorry for the wait. And I'm like, are you? And it just he just stopped. And he's like, um, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not trying to be a pain, but every time I come here, yeah. it takes about 40 to 50 minutes. So I don't know if you can improve your system if you're really sorry. Yeah. So I was kind of a schmuck. That's about how it. you know hey, he's hey, a good... Oh, sorry, he turned, sorry about that. He turned around and said, I'll remember that during your rectal yeah, exam. And then he did. <laughs> okay. And he, that's what I was afraid of because I had to do, you have to do the prostate exam, right? And mm. Mm. so I'm like, oh, that was a little a little rough today. But all yeah. the good doctors usually seem to have a wait. I feel like I have to wait an hour for my doctor too. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's yeah, necessary. But can't they adjust it, it so then they fix that problem? I mean, you know that would I mean? be nice. It yeah. is a terribly broken business model. Yeah. <laughs> I agree 100%. I agree 100%. There's one hospital, actually, I studied them for my new book. My new book's about streamlining a business. Mm. It's not the title's not going to be streamlined, but streamlining business. I found one hospital in Cape Cod that uh, the average emergency room waiting period is seven minutes. Mm. Oh, wow. For anything. That's not like just a heart attack. I mean, right. you go in with a headache, seven minutes you're in being examined by a doctor. And so I've interviewed, or I've done some research. I haven't interviewed them yet. Research on how they do it. And they use a whole different setup yeah. than all these other offices. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. You are listening to the Profit First Podcast. Yes, you are. This is. Oh. Did I hit that early? You're supposed to say it. I episode episode it is. I did. <laughs> I was supposed to A ghost it. hit it early. A ghost hit it. Who's me? Episode 161. <laughs> and, um, well, let me introduce myself. I am Mike McCallis, the author of Profit First, joined the studio by Kepi. That's me, That's your her. co-host. She's my co-host. <laughs> and my co-host to the co-host, Kelsey Ayers. That's right. me. And Moshe's here in the studio. We're going to be talking with us. So welcome. That's George. me. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. And you, my friend, who are you? Well, you are the person listening to the Profit First podcast. This is a show where we explore every single element of profitability. And uh, today we're going to talk about your business plan. It's the, it's the potentially the genesis of your profitability. Yeah. You do it right, and if you stick with it, it can be the best guide you have. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. That one's my favorite. And I feel bad. And on Moshe's phone. And on Moshe's phone. Yeah, Moshe's phone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can get a good load of that. So uh, you had an icebreaker for us, right? Yeah. 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 So what's, what's going on? You have a little question? Okay, so what is your biggest pet peeve or something that you just can't stand? Ooh. Waiting in a doctor's freaking office. I feel like it's a da- <laughs> yeah. usually it's something fun we talk about. I feel like it's a downer today, but it, it, it upset me. Yeah, mm. that's okay. I think it's a valid. Sting. Oh god, I don't know. I feel like I have a lot. Um, uh, I don't know. I hate. I hate it when things aren't kind of put back in the right place. Oh. Like Alex does that to me in the kitchen a lot. Like he'll take th- things out from the fridge and he'll just leave them there. And oh, then yeah, like if yeah. I don't put them away, it's waste. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's right there. Just put it away. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. What's yours? Is it bad if I don't have one? No, you that's have good. To come up with one. That means you're a good person. <laughs> you, you have, have no pe- one. We I all have one. Must have, I must have a pet peeve. Let's ask my wife. Oh, bazinga! Bazinga! So mine is yeah. definitely chewing. Bazinga! Like people chewing loud mm. drives me crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I was about to crack open my uh, my Doritos here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean like when he for eats this episode? Yeah. Like that annoys you? Yeah. Okay, and I'm not doing this to annoy you, but I just want to see your response. So if I <laughs> Yeah. It's the lip smacking. Stop it. That's disgusting. Sorry. Sorry. All right. I won't do it again. Masticating your food. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this I'm... might not be my biggest pet peeve, but it, it does bother me when somebody says, oh, hey, how are you? And they're not really asking yeah. you how you yeah. are. Yeah. Right. So you start telling them how you are, and they're on to they the don't next care. thing. Right? Yeah. See? Yeah. Mm. That's my doctor saying, I'm sorry. I'm like, are you? He's like, no. Yeah, and you really heard about this, aren't you? Yeah, it pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be carrying into a podcast, but it really did. Well, we can try so to, a lot of other we can try can to help you find a new doctor if you like. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Maybe I think fine. you have to at this point. I know. I know. The exams are going to get more and more difficult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a big. He said he's a big fan of our podcast too. So that's an issue. Um, I want to thank our corporate partners to make the show a reality, Christina. Yeah. Yes. It's Fundera, mm-hmm. Fundbox, Nextiva, and Receipt Bank. Mm-hmm. 
I think someone else is about to sign up. Didn't Sheila say someone else is joining yeah. us? Almost. For September and October podcast. Not Who is it? Yet, who's, who's joining us? Yeah, it's not with us yet, but can we give an early shout out or not yet? I don't you know. know. Okay. <laughs> No, we can't. We cannot. But okay, I do we're, know. You say we're contractually bound not to. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, there you go. I do know that we have a community shout out. So, oh. uh, and by the way, we actually have a shout out hotline if you haven't heard about oh, yeah. it yet. <laughs> Give us a call 844-876-7221 and record your 22nd Profit First testimonial. We want to hear your success stories and everything you got going on. Um, but this comes at 1999 a minute. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah, data rates may apply. It's free. <laughs> um <laughs> So this shout out goes to Gregory Ashcraft. He's a counselor at law for the Ashcraft firm. He says that him and his mom have been implementing the principles that he talks about the pumpkin plan yeah. um, in their business. Oh. Now they do less work for more money and make their clients even happier than they did before. His mom has been practicing since 1998 and she says that she has never been more profitable than she is today. So that's awesome, Greg. Shout out to you and your mama. Yeah, Greg yeah. and Greg mama. Greg a mama. Greg a mama. Yeah, congratulations. Um, we already talked about our sponsors. You know, this show, I did another show on American Express, a show called Turning Points. Have you heard it? I Motion? love the show. It Do won you? the yeah. trifecta. Yeah. The what? The trifecta, the Tonys, the Emmys. Oh, and that's the right. Grammys. <laughs> yeah. Wow, your memory's incredible. It won all those awards. Mm-hmm. I really like the candy store lady. Yes. And, I did too. And I also like the, uh, the gym. The gym lady. Yeah. She, yeah, she, she was came on our one. podcast too. Yeah. Brianna. Mm-hmm. And then the the um, candy lady was the first person we met with. And their original idea was that I was going to go to each location in person and record it at their place. Well, we are in her back warehouse area where she has all the different candies. And there's an exposed piping that's for the bathroom upstairs. Oh, gosh. So about every 10 minutes, you're... Whoosh, it's like, stop recording. Oh. So that squashed the idea. We didn't do any more on site. We yeah. did rest in studio. Yeah. Oh, that was the turning point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, well played. Well played. Okay. Let's get to the, the show on hand. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. Sounds great. His name is Moshe Amsel. And most where do you live again? You're in Jersey. What, what, uh, I'm in Rockland York. County, actually. Oh, Rockland County. Right, over the, right over the border. New York. Oh. Okay. Rockland County, Plus, New York. Near Mawa. <laughs> yes. She's just encompassing you in the um, New Jersey hug. I'm literally like three minutes from the Jersey border. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, I'm still a New Yorker. You yeah. Know, you can't call me a Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> technically, yeah. Technically you are, but you're not. Okay. So Moshe is the founder of- I do Dr- shop in New Jersey. You know, <laughs> yeah. Tax. Taxes. Cheaper. Less. See? Cheaper. See? Big difference. Okay. So we take your money. <laughs> Moshe is the founder of Dream Builder Financial, an accounting firm specializing in personal wealth growth through online business and real estate. He's an accountant, business profit strategist, uh, mm. tax guru, uh, and profit first professional. Uh. <laughs> Moshe has made it his mission to help people achieve he their dreams. Before. Yeah, by guiding them through wealth creation. That was the rectal exam. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Shut up. So let me give you three little things you may not know about Moshe. He uh, was successful. He had a successful 20-year career in the IT industry. So do you know what a Mao is? That's an old technical IT term. M-A-U? Mao? No. It's a multi-point access unit, I think. It's a predecessor to hubs and switches. So... All right. So clearly, he's pop on. Quiz. Yeah, pop quiz. Pop quiz. <laughs> clearly, that's 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> he obtained a uh, bachelor's and master's degree while working two full time jobs. Nice. That's nice. What's, what school? Uh, my undergrad is with SUNY Empire State. Oh, and then my graduate degree is with Keller uh, Institute of Business Management, nice. which is uh, DeVry's Business School. Yeah, yeah. And SUNY's a great, yeah. uh, great network of schools. My father went to Champlain. In the SUNY system. One of the well-known. One of the well-known in Champlain. You know, very well, very popular. Uh, my father's uh, you know, very famous for going there. Uh, <laughs> they have a statue for him. And he's built a successful and rapidly growing business while working a full-time job. Uh, and you're a paramedic. Yes, I am. What What's the most extreme kind of paramedic situation mm. you had to respond to? Uh, well, due to HIPAA violations, I'm, you know, I, oh, interesting. I can't, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. I just can't, <laughs> not interesting. <laughs> I just can't say a name. Um, no, but, uh, one of the, uh, jobs that stands out in, in my mind, and I had a similar job that I'd, I'd rather not put on the podcast, but, um, we did a motor vehicle accident on the Palisades Parkway and, oh, uh, God. the car rolled and Ooh. the person in the passenger seat, his arm must have 
um, come out of the window oh. during the rolling. So his arm was completely severed and oh. sitting on the highway. Um, oh, for those of you who no. are vomiting, um, <laughs> please pull over to the side of the road. Oh my finish, gosh. Finish and. That's hard. My but, my brother in law is a professional paramedic and and firefighter, and he sees like ten accidents a day. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Have a strong yeah. stomach. Yeah. All right. On that positive note, but we get to deliver babies. You know. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's a positive. Have you delivered a baby? Yes. Cool. Times. Wow. That's yeah, cool. That's really yeah. cool. So let's get into uh, the topic of a business plan. Yes. You say you need a we need a business plan, and we can become more profitable with one. Absolutely. Potentially. Okay. Why? Well, typically an entrepreneur uh, starts out their business, they have this great idea and they've either validated it or they haven't. Key, you should validate it. Um, mm. But they, they go out there and they've got this idea and they start to put it out into the world and they have no idea what it's going to cost them to get it to market. They have no idea what it's going to cost them to bring on customers. And if, they, if, if you don't do adequate research beforehand, what ends up happening is, is you start going through the motions of creating your business and over time, those expenses start to add up and you may not have brought the revenue in to cover those expenses. So the Small Business Administration has a statistic as to how many businesses succeed in the first five years. And it's something like 90% fail in the first five years. Hmm. Um, I don't know the exact statistic because it's quoted in so many different ways. But the reason that I believe businesses fail is one of two things. They either run out of money or they give up because they haven't achieved their goal fast enough and that goal could be written or unwritten. What causes somebody to run out of money is lack of planning. So if you didn't um, think about beforehand, what are my expenses going to be in order to get to this stage of, of business, that lack of planning, and it can, it can manifest in multiple different ways. So you can either not have enough money or you can price your product or service in the wrong way. So if you fail to know what your all, all your expenses are to ramp your business up as you grow, you may miscalculate what your overhead is going to be, what it's going to cost you to bring on staff. And then as you start to have those expenses, suddenly you have a lot of revenue coming in. You're selling a thousand widgets a month, which is really good. But if it costs you more than that, you're not profitable. You're mm -hmm. losing money and eventually you're going to run out. So a business plan is something that is not a one and done thing. It's not something that you start at the beginning, you create the business plan and you say, okay, I made my business plan. Now I'm ready to go. It's really understanding your market, doing the research, figuring out every little thing that you're going to have to do in your business at every step of the way. Now, I, I don't think you should project out 10 years down the road. I think that, um, uh, you know, on the conceptual level, five years is good to have, but the next 12 months is really what's key. You project out 12 months of the business and it's all of your expenses. What is the different pieces of software I'm going to have to buy? What are the different pieces of, uh, you know, do I need to buy a computer? Do I need to mm -hmm. have an IT company servicing that? Do I need to hire a marketing agency? Do I need to spend money on advertising? Am I going to have to join associations in order to do networking? Uh, there's all the things that you're going to eventually find out as you're running your business, you have to take the time. You do that time out at the beginning and really try to put everything down on paper. Now you say, okay, what is my capacity? If I'm starting out just by myself, I'm not hiring anybody because that's usually uh, entrepreneurs try to start as a, as a sole proprietor and then they grow out of that. So if you're starting by yourself, how many widgets or how much service can you provide or how much of this product can you produce without bringing on additional personnel? Mm -hmm. Now you know if I'm pricing it at this amount, I'm going to bring in this much revenue and then I'm at peak capacity. These are my expenses. Am I in a profitable business model? And this plays into profit first because the profit first target percentages give you a, <laughs> a, mile, a mile marker to look yeah. at and say, okay, if my expenses are $30,000. Well, if it if my expenses need to be 30%, now I got to take that number, divide it by 0.3, and that's what my revenue needs to be. And if I'm not able to price my product high enough, I don't have a viable business model. Do, do you is that what you do with clients that are in, incepting a business? You say, "Okay, what kind of expenses do you expect?" and then reverse calculate the income 
do you maybe you say what kind of income do you want to take home and then reverse calculate everything? So how do it's you do? It's a it? very good question, and I, I'm going to give you two answers. First of all, I rarely work with somebody who's incepting a business. I'm usually troubleshooting <laughs> a broken business. Okay, okay, and, and going back to the drawing board and saying, okay, you skipped this fundamental step. Let's go back here and and rework the plan, and now look at your business and say, okay, is it viable? Do we need to make changes in your business? So that's first thing. Second thing is is um, the pricing model, there's really three ways that you can price your product or service. One way is look at the competition and say, I want to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Very bad for business, by the way. Walmart does it very well, but they're going to beat you every time. Yeah. Um, second way is to look at, okay, what is my overall capacity? How much do I want to earn a year? And therefore, how much can I charge in order to be able to make that happen? So let's say that you're a coach. And you can only have 20 hours of productive time every week besides for all the other things you do in your business. So now you know you've got 20 hours times 52 weeks. You have 1,000 hours a year. If you need to earn $200,000, then you got to charge X amount per hour. Right. 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 So that's the second way that you can price your, your services. And then the third way is to look at what is the, the value that I'm bringing to the marketplace. But that's and, very ethereal. I mean, I, I how do you measure that? You're, you're getting yeah. that. <laughs> that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, in my line of work, it's yeah. very easy because what I'm doing for businesses is I'm helping them increase their revenue, increase their profit. Right. So I can charge them a percentage of the revenue, a percentage of the profit. And oh, there you that, go. And now I'm directly tying my performance to their performance. Yeah. Um, It's a lot harder for for other businesses, but every business has, and this is like a, you know, a word that's thrown out there a lot, KPIs, key performance indicators. Mm -hmm. Uh, But part of your job as a business owner is to identify what those key performance indicators are. That if I look at my client and I say, how am I doing? And they say, "I I don't think, I don't know, I have no idea how you're doing. Can you tell me? that I can then tell them, oh, we've done X, Y, and Z, right? So if you're a social media uh, manager, for example, right. and you go and you want to go back to a client and say, okay, it's three months since we've started working together. Let's look at how I'm doing. <clears throat> yeah. What are those metrics you're going to look at? Are you going to look at your number of likes on your Facebook page? Are you going to look at your engagement on posts and things like that? So if the engagement is really key to them growing their business, then that's the number that you're focusing on. So now you can say, okay, that's my KPI. My KPI is engagement on every post. So if we have an average engagement of 10 people engaging on a post, then I can say, okay, I'm going to charge you a dollar for every engagement above 10 that I bring you. Right. At, you know, on average over at every month. And okay. now, so now if you increase your engagement to 300 per post, so now you can charge $290 a month for that service. Gotcha. That's just an, an example. And, you know, but Every business has those KPIs. It's harder with a product-based business. It's different. With a product-based business, you have to look at um, what are they gaining out of that product. So it's a very different model. But you can still look at, you know, what is this doing for them in their life? And now let me position the product that way. Gotcha. So I want to go back to that 12-month projection in the business plan you were talking about. I think that people make pessimistic – I'm doing air quotes for the folks who can't see it (laughs) – pessimistic – uh, assessments for their business. And they say, well, you know, worst case, I'll bring on 10 clients this year. And if I do this, do that, it looks like I'll make $7 million my first year out of business. And that's pessimistic. And then the reality hits them. They can't get a single client. Um, and they're struggling at the end of the year, they've lost money. Uh, but you're, you're saying, you know, that, that projection is extremely important. So you can see how you're doing, how you're performing. You got to know all the different elements how do you know it's realistic is what I'm getting to? It's a very good question. Um, and, and the question actually uh, leads me to highlight another one of the benefits of having the business plan. So when you set out on your business plan at the beginning, if let, let's say you have a service-based business. That's what we're, we're talking about in, in this example. So you need to bring on 10 clients over the course of the next 12 months. You know that in month one, you're not bringing on any clients. You're just getting set up. You got to get things going. Let's say it... Best case scenario, you think that you can bring on a client in the second month. And then the month after that, you could bring on two, right? So on that, and then if you bring on two every month, you hit your goal at the end of the year, right? Mm -hmm. So when you create the business plan and you say, okay, month number two, I'm bringing on one client, you now know that your entire focus that you're working on your business in month number two 
is to bring on one client. You're not focusing on, oh, I got to bring on 10. Mm. And you had um, uh, Donna on episode 154. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing those stand-up meetings and the and yeah. you know and, and and touch points with her team every single day. Yes, she talked about you know focusing the team on one task for the day, not giving them a whole task list to do, but have them they have to narrow down to the one thing they need to do. It's the same concept where if you funnel all of your efforts into one goal. Right. You're going to be able to achieve that goal. So if every morning you wake up and you say, okay, what am I going to do today to try to get that client? Whether it's outreach to other people, networking in, in, in different circles, calling people, sending out proposals. If all of your efforts are being focused on just that one thing, you're much more likely to achieve it. Um, so as far as what's realistic, I think it all comes down to time. Mm-hmm. And and how long does it take you to to service your clients? And if you're if you if you're starting a business, you at the at the beginning you need to make a very very fundamental decision, yeah. and that is, do I want to make the most of my time and be a sole proprietor, just okay. you know, right. a, a solopreneur, <clears throat> and just figure out how to bill my time at the most I can per hour yep. and be able to survive that way. That's one business model. Yep. The other is I'm an entrepreneur and I am building an enterprise and I want to continue to scale this model. And if it's if it's the first thing, then you have to figure out how to maximize your time. You have to put pieces in, in place to uh, do less work Use technology to replace the work that you're doing. Try to focus all of your efforts on the things that are going to be making you money so that you're, you're maximizing the return for your time because you're trading time for dollars. When you are an entrepreneur, you have to enter into the creation of the business in that mindset. Now, granted, if you don't have money, you're not going to be able to start that way. But if it's constantly on your list, then you know that when I bring on six clients, that's when it's time for me to hire my first VA to start offloading some of my work because now my time's going to be busy right. with things that are not going to be directly helping me bring my seventh client because my six clients are taking up all my time. So gotcha. it's analyzing that time versus money um, calculation at every step of the way. And you need to look at that every month. So when you do your 12-month projection, you're always looking at, okay, what can I handle and does this feel like it's going to be too much for me? And if it does, then this is when I need to put in another expense item to bring on that additional person to offload some of that work. Okay. So the business plan, it sounds like it's a vision to some degree, but then the on the daily basis, you're making, as we heard from Donna, now hearing from you, these incremental adjustments, uh, incremental movements forward. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. So I, I I encourage my clients to revisit the business plan every month, but to take this month's goals and and print them out and put them in front of you so that you're constantly mm-hmm. looking at and saying, okay, my goal for this month is to do these changes in my business. And it <laughs> might be bringing on new clients. It might also be making your first hire. You know, if you've never hired somebody before, then you need to assume that if you're focusing on hiring somebody, you're not going to be focusing on bringing on new business. So maybe if I had eight clients in November and I'm making my first hire in December, in December, I I remain with eight clients on my business plan. And I don't focus my efforts on bringing on any more business because right now I'm going to focus on bringing on the right person to help me. It was interesting. We do a daily huddle, but we also do these quarterly meetings. We just had one. We went bowling afterwards. (laughs) Um, Everyone got their own custom t-shirt. But, uh, Above our huddle board, we put our quarterly goal, and first quarter was retention. We wanted to improve the offering we had so that members would want to stay longer. And we didn't really go into like super details, like we have to do this and this, but the, the end result was our retentions improved. We yeah. improved our products. The second quarter was leads, right? We wanted to, not leads, but it was more members. Member acquisition, yeah. yeah. Now we have a better system to keep people uh, and are offering better things. Now we want to get more members on board. And we had our strongest growth ever toward the end of second quarter. And I wonder, do, do you, would you attribute something like that to just stating the goals and making it public? Absolutely. There's no question about it. As a, and the other thing that I, I would attribute <laughs> it to is identifying which was the right one thing to concentrate on. Mm. You understood that before I make an effort to bring on new people, let me figure out how to keep the ones I already have. Yeah. Right. So right. that was a much better use of your time first is to make sure that you're keeping more members because there's two reasons. Number one, 
every member you keep is one member less you need to buy, you know, sell yeah, yeah, on right. the yeah. other end. Right. Yes. And number two, it's maximizing your further efforts on the next step once you've figured that part out. Mm-hmm. So so I, uh, properly identifying what the next one thing is, is key number one. Yeah. And then key number two is writing, <clears throat> verbalizing, and also manifesting like and I'm not one of those woo-woo people but I've been listening to to things like that you know out there in in, in the podcast world I, I like James Wedmore's podcast I'm um, not familiar with that one uh, uh mind your business oh cool yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's a great podcast but one of the things that that he talks about a lot is is envisioning something when you start to envision something happening and you can picture what it looks like after yeah. after it happens it makes it that much more attainable uh, a good example is Somebody who has at one point in their career earned $100,000 is much more likely to earn $100,000 again. They can feel it. Because they know Mm. that they're capable of earning $100,000. So it's it's Isn't that, that kind, funny. It's that kind Crazy. of idea that if you if you put it down on paper and you're able to envision having done it, you now have the ability. You've you've convinced yourself I could do this. So now it's not it's no longer an emotional question of am I able to or not. It's a question of how am I going to do this. We did. I did a call with one of our members. Actually, it was that group call you had me do yesterday, Kelsey. Not you, yeah. but the webinar <laughs> I did. You know, the one you forced me to do was about pricing. And um, there was, uh, how many people signed up for that? A couple, a hundred maybe? 95 yeah. people. So there's 95 people. And um, that's one. Is it? Is it not loud enough? <laughs> no, I just can't tell. You, can you not hear yourself? Yeah, no. I got to turn up your headset a little bit. I think that's you. Is it better now? Yeah. Okay. Are you just saying that? You're just saying <laughs> well, I said it before I heard myself. Oh, okay. So <laughs> there, was, um, there was about a hundred people on this call and I, it was about pricing. I said, uh, what's the number one... Per, what person will give you the biggest resistance to increasing your price? And I said, is it your first customer, your number one customer? Is it who will give you the most resistance when you increase your price? And people start saying, well, it's my the first customer I ever brought on board, or it's my most recent customer, or it's the one who pays me the least currently. I said, it's none of those. It's you. Yeah. You are the biggest resistance. Because we have day and night where I can't do this, and here's all the consequences. Um and we, we never take that step forward. And what I'm hearing from you is the same thing, is if we can visualize it, and clearly the business plan is a document of our vision, right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. and, and uh, imposter syndrome is what they've, they've dubbed this, you know, this, this uh, game that we yeah. play with ourselves. But entrepreneurs <clears throat> are plagued with this. Mm. And you know, this is not the kind of thing you can go to the doctor for. But Every step well, my of the doctor way. would make you wait yeah. forever anyway. <laughs> right, and then and then do a rectal exam. <laughs> yeah, that's how he ends every meeting. So, uh, but entrepreneurs are are just guilty of this every single day because you you you're constantly fighting with yourself and and your own internal battles of I I don't think I can do this I don't think I can do mm. this and um, there's no easy fix to that it's all working on your mindset and yeah. and that's why I think that putting it down on paper sometimes makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. And at sometimes it's going to make it look like what it really is, that it's a terrible idea. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and something's completely broken. And, and there's two reasons for creating that business plan. Either to catch before you spend all this time and all this money, catch a bad plan in the, in the beginning, nip yeah. it in the bud and say, geez, this is not going to be a good business model. I got to think of something mm-hmm. else or change my pricing or do, do something to make it work. Or give yourself that plan that you're going to be able to follow. And now when you're following it, it's going to get you to fruition. Did you do a business plan, Kals? I didn't. You didn't? I I mean, I had a vague one, but not with like set goals. Okay. And that's what I was thinking. It is. It's too easy to not be accountable when you don't have, I'm not meeting this measure. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and you don't, it, it's, it's like driving, you know, nowadays without a GPS, but in the old days without a map, right? When yeah. I was a kid, we would go on, on trips to visit my grandmother in Toronto. And I loved, I would sit there in the car with the map and I would tell my father which mile, mile post is coming up next. But if you don't have- Hold on. Every mile? Your father's like, jeez, For God's sake. All right, exit mile 30, 43, exit 30, Dad. Exit 32 is next. You know what comes after 43? 44. It's coming. That's that's funny. Yep. Well, <laughs> hey, look, and I'm account. I'm an accountant now, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. it all makes sense. That's funny. Uh, but with without that map, 
Yeah. You can be driving for, for days yeah. and be going the wrong place, right? Yeah. You start Aimless. off in New York, you could end up in California when you want to go to Florida. Yeah. So the the business plan is your GPS. It's your directions. It's your it's 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 your ability to look and say, oh, there's a street sign. Am I on the right highway? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that, so constantly going back to the business plan and revisiting it every month. So by having a rolling 12 month period, what you're doing is at the end of the month, you're saying, OK, did I meet my goals? Did I not meet my goals? Is my goals next month now in line with where I am today? And you might need to make revisions for everything for the next 11 months, but you have to add month number 12 again. Mm. So you're constantly keeping a 12 month picture in front of you. A lot of people, um, you know, say, oh, I, I, you know, I do planning, whether it's business planning or just goal planning for the year. And they do it in December Mm. for the next year. Right. But what are you doing in November? Right. Right. You have no plan two months later. Right. So right. you, you're constantly planning is something that you have to revisit. And, and I, I think you can get too crazy with it. I think if you revisit it every day, you can make yourself nuts. And yeah. sometimes sure. the data, yeah. the input that you're that you're looking at um, is not updated quick enough. But if you look at it every month, you, that's a, cl- a close enough period of time that you can stay on course and not veer too far off. And it gives you, you know, it gives you that check. You know, if you're if you're driving and you notice 10 minutes into taking the wrong turn that you took the wrong turn it's only 10 minutes to get back right but if you notice two hours into it that you took the wrong turn you so now got an a extra, whole new vacation on your hands that is a, that, yeah, that visualizes that's a good one what about um the the core elements of a effective profitable business plan what's the stuff i have to have in there you said twelve month vision. Well, you got to have money coming in. You got to have money going out. So you have to know. And you got to have money that's left for you, right? Okay, so I got to know in my business plan what, how's money going to come in. Correct. I have to know how and where and who's going out to. Correct. And then what was the last one? What money's left? What over? money is are, is going in your pocket? Okay. So you have and and following the profit first model, you have your owner's pay. Yep. And your owner's profit. Yep. And. One of the things that when I meet with new entrep- with new new clients, um, entrepreneurs who usually in, are entrenched in bad habits, they have a very difficult time differentiating those mm-hmm. two, right? Yeah. Yep. So what what I the way I explain it to them is I tell them, well, think about what you do in the business. What would you pay somebody to do that job? Right. Okay. Now think of of you as an investor. Okay. You buy stock in in Facebook, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. You own shares in Facebook. You're mm-hmm. not going to show up to the Facebook office and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to, you know, right. where, where's my where's desk? Where's my money? Where's yeah. my, no, where's, where's my, my desk? Oh, yeah, right. I'm here, to, I'm here to work, right? Yeah. yeah. No, you're an owner of the business. You do nothing. Right. But at the end of the day, if the business made profit, you, you gain, share in that. Right? Yeah. You share in that. But if you work for Facebook, you don't necessarily own Facebook shares. Yeah, great analogy. You, you know, yeah. you're, you're getting you're getting a paycheck for the work that you're doing. So the owner's expe- the owner's pay is an expense of the business to pay you for the work that you're doing in the business. And that shouldn't be on an upward projection forever. That should be directly tied to the function that you're carrying. Right. Now, yes, CEOs can get paid a lot of money, but if you're if what you're doing can be replaced by somebody who's earning fifty thousand dollars a year, that's where your salary should be capped. Right. The rest, any other money you want to take home, is profit that the owners are taking home. Now, if you own your own business, it's all going to you. But a lot of times you have a partnership. Sure. Well, that partnership, you guys are splitting in the profits, whatever your profit sharing, you know, ratio is. That's the owners. Pay that's come. That's the owner's profit that's coming home. That's right. not the owner's pay. The owner's pay is for the owners that 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 are active in the business. And sometimes a partnership is one person provides equity, the other one provides sweat. Right. So if you're the one working in the business, you should be pulling a salary. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the profit that's left should be divvied up to you and the investor. The investor doesn't collect an owner's pay. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. But to answer your question, those are the two items that need to be in the business your plan. business plan. So your business plan has to have your projected revenues, your projected expenses, and the money that's left. What are you going to do with it? Right. So some of it is going to be owner's pay. Some of it's going to be profit, but some of it you're probably investing back in the business. And that's a key component of the business plan. Because if you don't have a plan of what am I going to do with the money at the end of the month, you'll do the wrong thing with it. You'll yeah. either take it home and spend it because... Parkinson's law. You're going to just spend it, right? Yep. Or you're going to pump it all back into the business and take nothing home for yourself and you'll burn yourself out. Yeah. So there has to be a plan of what you're going to do with that money once the business starts generating that extra, that extra cash flow. You know, as I travel and teach people on profit first, 
I tell them about, um, they, they often uh, talk to me or ask me about plowing back money into the business, reinvesting money. And they say, you know, that profit needs to be reinvested. But Profit First has it embedded in there because it's a percentage-based system. If you're allocating 30% toward operating expenses, as your revenue increases, the actual money going into the operating expenses increases. So do you get that resistance to people say, I can't take my profit, I need to plow it back in the business, even though I would argue it's kind of accounted for already in the system? Uh, there is that resistance, but when I'm putting somebody into the Profit First model, I'm explaining this all up front. So, And we're also starting their profitability as such a small amount yeah. that by the time they're eased into the full plan 18 months later, where they're taking their max profit that they're supposed to, they've already experienced growth in other areas and they see that there's that extra money in the operating expense account that's now going to the things that they want to do to grow the business. Uh, but it's all it's, it goes hand in hand with the business plan. Profit First and, and the business plan work very well together because oh, Profit yeah. First is a cash management system that once the cash comes in, what do I do with it? Right. The business plan is saying, we're projecting this cash coming in. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we really work work the two of them together and make sure that we're within our percentages. And if we have a goal to you know bring on this many clients, which is going to mean spending this much money on advertising, for example, to bring them in, and that exceeds the operating expenses percentage, we now need to figure out, well, how are we going to make this goal happen without exceeding it? And we got to start putting our thinking hats on. And there's things you can do. Yeah. You don't have to pay up front for that advertising. You can partner with somebody who already has an audience or already has a group of people that are your target market and pay them after the fact as affiliates instead of, you know, or, or joint ventures as opposed to paying for upfront ads. So there's always something you can do when you want to grow the business and you have an expense that's looming and it's outside of the percentages. You can start putting your thinking hat on and say, okay, how else can I do this? Right. And if you do that in the, in the planning stage, you're much more likely I to keep it. to your profit first allocations in this in the expenditure phase. So the the business plan is a map to get there, and profit first is the daily tracking. It's the in the moment. Absolutely. So so that means the business plan is the map your dad was using to drive to Toronto, <laughs> and profit first is that kid in the back seat going a mile marker four point three. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, can I use an online business plan and download it? Can I use the generic ones? Where how do I come up with a good business plan? Well, that's a very good question, and um, the answer is I would discourage that. Okay? Oh, interesting. So, yes, there is software, great software out there. It's very inexpensive. It's called Live Plan, L I V E P L A N. Okay, um, I get nothing for touting them here, and neither do you. But make them a sponsor quickly. Someone <laughs> yes. tell Sheila um, seriously. I did try to connect you for ProfitCon, so we'll see what, oh, okay. see what happens you. with that. Um, but LivePlan is an application that basically it will integrate with your accounting software, so you could then look at your plan and compare it to oh, your nice. actual results. So it'll imp it'll import your stuff from Zero or QBO, QuickBooks Online, um, and and analyze that in comparison to the plan that you put forth. But you could use it independently. Whether you have accounting software or not, you could use it independently as a planning application. I think it's $19 a month. Okay. But for $19 a month, it will walk you through. It'll ask you, what product are you selling? How much are you charging for the product? Yeah. What do you, you know, and it'll just walk you through the whole process of creating the, the you know, the, the, the revenue streams, the expense, the expense projections, and then the profit projections. Um, Can you do hypotheticals in maybe life plan or should yes. in general and should we? The answer is yes. Okay, to all Absolutely. of the above. Uh, one thing I learned from um, uh, James Wedmore, I'm, I'm deeply entrenched in the online business space. Yeah. So my 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 target market is uh, you know digital product creators, uh, membership site owners, yeah. coaches. Okay. Uh, so I'm very very deeply entrenched there. James Wedmore is somebody I look up to a lot. He's he's a big a big guru in the online business space. Um, one of the things that he taught me is when you're preparing for an online launch is to create three goals. So you have your ideal goal that you're, that you're striving mm -hmm. for. And then you have my worst case scenario that if I get, if I, if I don't achieve my goal, but I get this worst case scenario, I'll still be okay. And then you have your wow number. Like if I hit this number, I'm going to be like, so ecstatic that, you know, whatever, we're going on vacation and, and, mm -hmm. and you know, the, singing hallelujah, right? Mm -hmm. So when you- We so, had the soundtrack. It took me a little while. <laughs> there, 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 there we go. There we go. 
<laughs> I was prompting you, but yeah, I know it's slow. Uh, so let's say that you're preparing for you know in the online space, you, you launch a couple of times a year. So let's say you're preparing for a launch, and you say, okay, my my ideal goal would be to to, to generate forty five thousand dollars in in sales. Mm-hmm. If I generate twenty thousand, I cover my expenses. I still get to take something home, so like that's okay. Like if I get twenty thousand, I'm not going to cry. I'm just not going to be ecstatic. Um, forty five thousand is where I want to be. If I hit a hundred thousand, then I'm going to be like, whoa, you yeah. know, I blew this out of the water, and this is totally amazing, right? Yeah. That's the way that you can approach your projections mm-hmm. within the business plan, and mm. you can play on. You know, you can choose those three those three numbers and then say, okay, what, what does this look like? If I punch this, what if in, what does it look like? And it will, the the thing that's really cool about the software is you can put in the variable stuff. So let's say that I, for every 10 clients I bring on, I have to bring on a virtual assistant. Right. There's a cost. Yeah. So I can put in that for every 10 of this that I sell, I need to, I need to increase my virtual assistant by one. So if I play with my numbers in the revenue side, it will automatically change my projections on the expenses side and I can see what that'll do for my cash flow. So, I mean, they even have a, a component where it'll tell you how much money you need to go and get a loan for. Interesting. If, if you, if, if your cash flow is delayed uh-huh. and you, you're going to need to, you know, in order to, to meet the goals and the projections, you're going to need a $20,000 line of credit to make it happen because in months, you know, three, four and five, you're dipping and then you go exceed it. Now you know, okay, if I want to be able to achieve this goal, I got to go and work on getting that line of credit first before I start working on, you know, cool. on this on this business. Cool. So, yeah. All right, you brought us the full arc here from the traditional business plan to a, a live dynamic plan. I like that. Motion, yeah. we got to go. We're, we're out of time here. Uh, where can people learn more about you, especially our online listeners, right? They have online businesses, membership organizations. They got to use you. What do they do? Right. So I have a, a, a blueprint that I've created. It's called um, Idea to Profit, the Entrepreneur Blueprint. That blueprint can be downloaded from dreambuilderfinancial.com forward slash blueprint. Um, so that if you want to just get the, you know, because business plan is just one of the steps in there. Um, and there's a, a series of steps that needs to be executed in that order in order to uh, really have a healthy business that's going to uh grow very quickly. Uh, so if you want to get access to that blueprint, you can download it from there. Another thing is, is I just last week, and this is very new, so I, I'm not, I haven't done anything about it yet, but I, I really was thinking about like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Innately, I want to help people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a paramedic. That's why, you know, I, I used to be in the IT industry. Uh, I've always been in a job where I'm trying to help people mm. now doing people's books. That's not helping them, right? But helping them grow a business where they're able to either leave a full-time job or, or, or create a future for their family, free up the time that they're going to be able to spend with their family, that is really why I'm doing what I'm doing. I see. So I decided that I'm going to have a goal for myself to help 1,000 businesses achieve a $100,000 revenue a year business. Oh, Nice. Over the course of the year, nice. Awesome. So that's that's my personal goal. So if you want to get in on that, I have no idea how I'm doing it, what I'm doing, but <laughs> that's, that's encouraging words. I like that, right? Yeah. Well, hey, I just I just no, decided on the goal. Yeah. This is you know just like anything else. I have to hash it out. Like, how yeah. am I going to get in front of a thousand people? How I got am an idea. I going to guide Write a them? business plan? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's a plan and process. Yeah. But I have created a page for you to go okay. and get on the wait list. If you want to be right. part of the movement and be part of the one thousand businesses that yeah. I help get to a hundred thousand dollars this year, just go to sixfiguresinayear.com. Six figures. Is it in the a number year. six or the word six? Either one. Oh, there you like go. It. Sixfiguresinayear.com. That's cool that you're doing that. So everyone sign up. I can't speak more highly of Moshe. You're a yeah. wonderful profit first professional. You are doing extraordinary things. And I love that you're helping startup businesses too. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure. And I get to be here in person. And can, can I just say something about your office? Uh, only if it's good stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, yeah. Ryan, please cut can this we part talk, out. Can we talk about the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, what was that all about? Okay, so it, in, in the Profit First office, there's a bathroom. If you open the door, there's two stalls. One stall says gentlemen, the other one says ladies. When you go into the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. you don't know if you're supposed to close 
the stall door and leave the front door open or if you're supposed to close the outer door, right? Yeah. So here, I go in there and I'm like, I left the door open in case a lady wants to come in and use the Who bathroom. Who wants but, <laughs> In case a lady... Here, we but, actually, then, but then the whole office is here and me going to the bathroom, so... You need instructions on that door. Yeah. Yeah. Say, if in hey, doubt, close the, the door. Yeah. Close the outer door, right? Actually, um, we and had guess a... guess who walked in on him? I Just did. guess. <laughs> Kelsey's supposed to be my language guard and I my bodyguard. I told you. I said Moshi's She did tell there. you. And she did. Like, no, I heard, I'm like, Moshi's in where? And I go in there, and, and now I'm like dancing with him. We did have a guest, a female guest in here, and she saw you walk in, and I asked her, do you want to go in the bathroom? Here's her response. Oh, hell no. So, oh, gosh. All right, we got to rock and roll. We're getting on time. Moshe, again, thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. Here's what we're going to do. In a minute, we're going to tell you, our dear listeners, what we learned from Moshe. Um, a summary of, the, I think, his best tips. Yeah. Um, and first, I want to thank our corporate partners. Mm. So here they are. Uh, first is uh, uh, yeah, Nextiva. <laughs> Voice over IP phone system. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you like your Nextiva phone system? I love my voice over IP system. And you do, you you cannot lie. You're like Pinocchio. You cannot yeah, lie. <laughs> How about you? Do you like your Nextiva? Love it. We just ordered another one, too. For who? Oh, for uh, the for new our, person. Yeah. yeah. It's a little secret. It's a little secret. Um, awesome. How was that experience ordering the phone? Amazing. It was fast. I told them exactly what I wanted, and they were like, all right, it'll be with you in a week. And I'm like, awesome. So here's another great experience. I called Nextiva. We have, uh, Moshe, you're an IT guy. We have a wireless router device over there that I literally bought at Walmart for 20 bucks. We're running our whole network off of it and all of our phones, and they're great. But I called Nextiva and said, I think it's time we upgrade. They said, no, 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 you can keep that piece of crap. And it'll work. And it does. Like, like Nextiva said, they had an opportunity to sell more stuff to us. They said, no, you don't need that. All the hackers listening, their ears probably. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'm counting this down. Yeah, going down. Yeah. All right, so Nextiva's awesome. Uh, Receipt Bank. Yeah. We use them. Do you mm-hmm. use them? Mosh? Moshi? Moster? Okay. <laughs> Receipt Bank. Answer. Well, dude, you want to be efficient. What you do is Receipt Bank will scan in all of the receipts for your clients or yourself and tie it right into QBO, zero, and so forth. We use it. Yeah, Shoebox, no more. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to scan my receipt from today. I, <laughs> Do yeah. it now. I know. I know. Day's it's not over. It's okay. not over. It's my pocket. Uh, Fundera. Yeah. One-stop shop for loans. You know, Moshe said it. You may need a loan. His live plant, not his live plant software, but the live plant software you're talking about could say you need a loan. Fundera will shop it for you. And then they'll uh, they'll make a recommendation on which one's the best for interest mm-hmm. rates and so forth. And the last but certainly not least is Fundbox. They're going to be a profit con. Yes. Sheila, uh, Sheila, Joanna will be with Sheila. The two of them will be getting wasted together. <laughs> They're both boozers. But um, Joanna will be there. They're, neither of them are. I just have to say that. Uh, Fundbox is a cash flow accelerator. You have an invoice that's due to you and it's hanging out there. They'll release the money to you right here on the spot. So if you need a bridge loan effectively, they will fund it usually within 24 hours or faster. Pretty cool. Yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now it's time for my favorite part. So right now. <laughs> uh, Kelsey, you want to go? Sorry. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah. Um, don't, you don't want to go to the bathroom, though. <laughs> you want to go, but as long as it's not in the bathroom. As long ours. as Moshe's not in there. Yeah. Well, I pay attention when somebody tells me don't go in there. First of all, it no, was literally like you did not say don't did, go in there. You know, but she was <laughs> she was like Moshe's in, in there. there, and you're like okay, and then you walked right well, in. Well, but you and did. You're just like I know because <laughs> you did a head jiggle. Not only that, we think it was a rendezvous in. in the bathroom, me and Moshe in the little stall. Yeah, and then when he came in, he's like, "Oh, is somebody in here?" Well, I saw your sneaker tapping like you were dancing or something. I'm like, "What's this guy doing?" You remember my three sons? You ever see my three sons? The beginning. Is this another 1970s innuendo? Yeah. <laughs> no one knows my three sons? Oh, my God. All right, we're going to YouTube this. In the beginning, they have this foot tapping. That's how the thing starts out. It looked like a My Three Sons episode. So I almost looked under the stalls. Oh, say, no, no. Say this is My Three Sons. But you, you didn't say someone's in there or don't go in there. You said Moshe's in there. And I thought you meant the conference room. Uh-huh. Because your head was moving like that. <laughs> yeah. Towards Excuses. the back. Okay. What would you learn today? Oh, um, I forgot. Uh, I learned that I should have made a business plan. <laughs> um, mostly, I just, I love the thoughtfulness of, of planning out. And I think, you know, 12 months in advance is perfect because it's not too overwhelming. I think the reason I didn't do it is because it was too overwhelming yeah. for me. Uh, and I thought the best way to learn is just to jump in. But I think um, due diligence is super effective in this case. And I, I 
listening to you, it makes it much less scary than it seems, especially if you think about live plan, because that's awesome. That was awesome, yeah. And I think you could still do it. I mean, yeah, you can still yeah. do your business plan. Totally now, could. Like, why wait? Yeah. What'd you learn, Christina? I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I mean, this is, I don't own a business, but just my future goals of potentially opening a, a voice studio one day, I would so still cool love to do that. do that. And I'm just, I'm, I've been petrified to even consider it because I'm like, oh, I haven't been on, like, just whatever. So just listening to you, you do have a very calming effect and I love the three goals, setting your, you know, worst case mm-hmm. scenario. Yes what your actual goal is and then that wow factor because then you you know where you have to be minimum whereas instead of like oh my god I have to do this and I'm not going to make it and then it just like cripples you so I love the three structure I think that's very impactful I like the idea of moving incrementally he said you know revisit it once a month um and in your business, get one thing done at a time. It's always stepping forward. And the, so the business plan is this vision, kind of the X on the map of where we're heading, but you got to move in these incremental steps. Uh, and we want to know what you learned, dear listener. Mm. Like not, not just us, but we want to know, like, what are the tips you took? Because where can you leave those comments, Christina? Oh, you can go to I. <laughs> She's dancing. She was dancing. I know. The shoulders were dancing. You can go to iTunes. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, ProfitFirstPodcast.com, which is also linked to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Oh my lord. Moshe, how do you like being Profit First Professional? Seriously. It's truly amazing. It's a wonderful experience, and I love stopping by the office. I know that not anybody who signs up can do that, because you're not 30 minutes away from the office, but... The guy, the, the whole crew here is just outstanding. Outstanding people. Yeah, we, we love having you here. Yeah. yeah. Um, First Professionals is a membership organization of what we call the ABCs, accountants, bookkeepers, and coaches, who are driving properly for their clients. And this is the future, Moshe, of the professions. We're moving toward a constellative model. The computers are taking over the transactional stuff, but we got to do what you're doing, consulting clients on how to become profitable. You're helping a 1,000 small companies become profitable and sustainable by consulting them. And that's what Profit First Professionals do. You can work with any business that wants to drive profitability. But you don't have to figure out how to do it. We give you the methodology. It's the Profit First methodology. We authorize you in it. We give you the brand. We help market you. We guide you along the path. And at the end of the day, we make you more profitable and your clients more profitable. Well, here's the deal. What? One more deal. Step one. Step one. Here's the deal. (laughs) You can become a Profit First Professional if you are an ABC. So if you're an accountant, bookkeeper, coach, go to Profit First Professional. Step one, step two. <laughs> That's for you. I, I got one more thing for you in a second. Step two, <laughs> fill out the form. Now, here's the thing. If you're not a pro, if you're not a, a ABC, but you need the services of like Moshe, we do that too. We make the introductions. So mostly entrepreneurs that are not ABCs listen to the show. So here's what you do. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the find button. Step one, step two. <laughs> Fill out the form. It's the same idea. And we'll introduce you to Moshe or whoever is appropriate for you based upon your niche. So do it right now. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. That's it. Do uh, it. We can get out of here. And uh, this is what I had for you. <laughs> uh, well, oh, my God. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Love you, Carlton. How old are those chips? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty stale. How old are you? Anyone want a chip? <laughs> you want? Uh, <laughs> All right. We'll see you, you guys. You asked for it. <laughs> Oh, I like this part. I like this part now. Listen to the bell. Here we go. Here we go. Get fired up.